Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. My God, there is a lot of nonsense out there in the world. There's a lot of terrible, terrible advice out there for small business owners. And therefore, we need to be super careful, super mindful about who we are listening to. Welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift from Bigger, Brighter, Boulder. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the motivation, the inspiration, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Please do subscribe and never miss an episode. I'm sure you must see it yourself. I'm absolutely bombarded by it relentless, non-stop advertisements on Facebook, on Instagram, self-promotion, just relentlessly people giving, dispersing advice. You go to seminars and you get these so-called experts on their books, etc. Today, I want to make it easier for you to disseminate who you should be listening to, what you should be listening to, what you shouldn't be listening to. Not everything out there is rubbish. Not everything's terrible. Some of it's fucking awesome, of course. And you need to know what is it I need to not be listening to and what is it I need to be tuning into and who do I need to switch off from and who do I need to switch on to in order to make sure that you're getting the right advice, the right support, that you're getting the right education that you need in order to move your business forward. I've made it easy. I've broken it down into six categories of bad advice so you can easily recognize when you are in the vicinity, when you're in the environment, when you're in the proximity of terrible advice, or just maybe advice that's not particularly that useful for you. Number one, this category, crap and nonsense. Utter gibberish, total nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. Nothing adds up. You're listening to this stuff and it just feels like rubbish, feels like nonsense. This is quite easy to spot this one because if it makes no sense at all to you, if there's no logic in it, if it's not supported, what they're saying is not supported by any any kind of validation, etc., then obviously switch off, right? You're being sold a red herring. You're being pulled into a very misleading place. Get out of there, okay? Crap and nonsense. Sometimes this crap and nonsense is dressed up intelligently. It's packaged well. It's marketed well. And sometimes it's not easy to disseminate exactly what is total and utter crap and nonsense. However, the other categories in combination with this should make it easier for you to decide on whether or not this is actual crap and nonsense. Category number two, academic advice. My God, my industry is rife with this. Now, you are a business owner and it's very possible that you have recently gone into business, you've just done a qualification and you're setting out your business. I get it. I support you in it. We all have to start somewhere. I am going to be super critical right now on your behalf as a consumer, okay? As a business owner, you've got to start somewhere. We all have to start somewhere. I get it. However, when you seek out advice, come on, you need the best possible advice you can. And therefore, you need the person who's giving and dispensing that advice to know more about it than just what they learned in a book, what they've read somewhere, or some course or program that they've followed, It's really important that the person you're listening to can demonstrate 
that they truly understand the subject matter that they are educating you on, informing you on, or coaching you on, and it's not just repeating from somewhere else. My industry is rife with this. Now, don't be wrong. If you're a coach, you go on a coaching course, you have to start coaching, and you have to just do the best you can with what you've got, and what you've got is the program and the course that you fall back on. I get that. However, very quickly, you want to bring into your coaching, you you want to bring in as much of your past experience as possible. So it's not just straight out of a book, this is how you set a goal. This is actually, yeah, this is the framework of goal setting, but this is my wealth of experience around that to show you that I'm not just another coach that's going to set goals with you. I'm the coach that's going to get you to achieve those results. Make sense? My industry is full of this, though, right? because it's not just people starting out in business. right? I've got no problem with that. You've got to start somewhere. My problem is there are incredibly like high-positioned coaches and people charging top-end money that don't know what they're talking about. They've learned it academically, but they do not know it. There are business coaches out there, tons of business coaches out there that come from corporations, they get a big severance pay, they invest a huge amount of money into, say, a coaching franchise, they go and do a short course, a couple of weeks, whatever it might be, they have these manuals that they follow, they then come and coach you, they charge premium fees, they've got a big brand behind them potentially, got a big name behind them, and they literally have no understanding whatsoever of what life is like as an entrepreneur. Their coaching business that they've invested 80 grand into a franchise has yet to make its first five figures. It's yet to make 10,000 pound in turnover, but they're coaching you on how to create a hundred grand or a half million or million pound business, okay? Because they're teaching you out of a book, they're teaching you what they've been told. It's not from any of their experience. Experience is something you can't buy, you have to earn it, and of course you have to make do with what you've got as you're launching your business and growing your business. But when you're seeking out that advice, when you're seeking out people to help you, to educate you in your business, you want to be really finding those people that aren't just repeating verbatim what they've been taught, but have a true understanding and knowledge around the subject, great depth of experience around what it is that you are seeking from that person. Academic advice, go to the person that wrote the book. Yeah, go to the person that wrote that out. Go to the person that conceived that idea. Go and learn from them. If the person dispensing this information can't bring something unique of themselves to that process, then go and learn from the horse's mouth. Number three, cliches masquerading as conventional wisdom. I will switch off the moment anyone says a number of these cliches, right? I'm going to disregard everything because what it shows me is they haven't considered what they're saying. They haven't thought about their message. They haven't even thought about what it is that they're passing on, okay? It might seem to you trivial. It might seem like a flippant thing. But if a business coach or a mentor or a book is going to say something which comes under this category without truly thinking about what it is it means, then what else are they passing on that they haven't challenged or questioned themselves? So on the one hand, you're going to think, maybe I'm a little bit superficial here for switching off the moment I hear one of these cliches. However, when you realize the reason I'm switching off, hopefully you will forgive me. A couple of examples, there's plenty out there. Work hard, not smart. The moment anyone drops that in, unless it's contextualized, as in they really explain what they mean by that, if they just throw it in, what else are they throwing in? Clearly, it's fucking nonsense. 
clearly it's nonsense. The whole phrase, work smart, not hard, is going to kill your business. Of course, working smart is important, but if you're not working hard, you're never going to achieve anything. Working smart is what makes working hard work. And working hard is what makes working smart work. If I work 50% capacity, so I do 50% working hard, even if I bring 100% smarts to the table, I can only get a 50% result that I would have got if I'd brought 100% working hard and 100% working smart. Does this make sense? Now, of course, we can't work 100%. That's probably impossible. The same as we all fuck up every now and again. We all make mistakes. We don't know everything. We're not going to work 100% smart either. But surely you can see the nonsense of saying work smart but not hard. You may never have questioned this yourself because it's gone out there like a doctrine. Like go out there, work smart, not hard. Not is the not bit I've got a problem with. And whilst it might not mean anything because the person hasn't really given it much thought, they're just saying it. Remember what I said, what else are they just spouting that they've never challenged or questioned? What else have they read in the book? Are we going back to this crap and nonsense category? Are we going back to academic learning and academic advice? What else haven't they thought about? What haven't they given any thought to? And they're going to regurgitate that as well because that is really potentially harmful advice. Another example of that is profit is sanity, turnover is vanity. You're here, the leading people in the world throwing that out there, okay? It drives me nuts. Now, again, some of them will contextualize what they mean by that. I'll be honest with you, many people, when they say this, they've never even considered what the hell they're telling you. And if you regurgitate this, which is very possible that you do to people, it's only because you've been indoctrinated with it, you've heard it, it's cliches masquerading as conventional wisdom. Oh, well, of course, yeah, of course profit is the sanity because profit is the money that I get to take out the business. And of course, you know, if I'm there with a million pound turnover business, and this is an example you always hear, if I have a million pound turnover business, but it's making a loss, then that's no use at all, is it? You know, I'm much better off having a much smaller business, much smaller turnover if I'm making 50, 60, 70, 80%, 90% profit. Yes, of course, in that set of circumstances, that is better. But to say that that's a, a typical model for how businesses run is fucking nonsense. The idea of profit is sanity and turnover is vanity is really relevant when you're talking about big corporations or any business that has big overheads or big cost to delivery. If I'm selling, I don't know, the microphone that I'm speaking into, if it costs me 50 quid to manufacture this, it costs me another 25 pound to market this, another 10 pound to whatever, right? And fundamentally, it's 100 pound for me just to get this product in your hands. Then I need to know, given however much it costs my offices and staff and everything else, I need to know how much I need to sell this microphone to you so that I can make a decent profit so that I can use that money to reinvest in the business and pay the shareholders and myself and everything else. Of course, profit is important. That's not my problem. Of course, profit is important. But to disregard turnover in a flippant statement like that makes me want to scream, especially when it's spoken to small business owners and especially, especially when it's spoken to service-based businesses that don't have big overheads and they don't have these big costs in their business, okay? Turnover is an awesome measure of success. You can shrink your business and become more profitable. I could lay off all my staff tomorrow. I could stop all of the good things that I do for my clients. I could shrink back on my systems, my technology. I could shrink back on the gifts we give them. I could hold back on the money that I invest in what we're doing in order to create a better experience for them, a better learning experience or a better environment for them. I could pull all of that back. I could shrink everything I do 
And yeah, you know what? I would be a hell of a lot wealthier tomorrow. I'll be a damn sight wealthier in a month and I'll probably be out of bloody business in about three months to six months, right? If you want to grow your business, turnover for many businesses, especially small and service-based businesses, turnover is a brilliant goal to set. Should you ignore profit? Of course you shouldn't ignore profit. Turnover is a perfect goal for measuring business growth. Profit is the sanity check, making sure that you're doing good business, making sure that you are profitable, you are actually making actual money out of what you're doing. Of course, profit is important. That's not my problem. My problem is the statement disregards turnover. More than that, it ridicules turnover. In fact, it ridicules anyone that measures their business by turnover, meaning that everyone's then what? Supposedly only working on profit, and that can actually hinder and get in the way of growth. Once again, you might think I'm being a bit facetious because especially if it's an intelligent business person, of course, they're going to potentially see it the way that I've just shared it with you. But my problem is what else are they saying without really thinking about what they're saying? What are they just passing on that they've never questioned, they've never challenged, they don't even understand really what it is that they're saying because they've never given it the time. They just pass it on because they've heard it enough times that it becomes conventional wisdom, but it's not. It's a cliche. And you know what? It's wrong, and so often it's dangerous to think like this. There's many others. I'm just going to share those two with you for now. Number four, self-serving advice. Look, we're in business, so of course, when we're sharing advice, when we're talking to prospects or just the market, of course, there's a part of us that is doing it as maybe marketing, outreach. We're doing it to potentially win a client. So we have an agenda, right? That's okay. But you do need to be wary when someone has a vested interest in the advice they're dispensing, you have to just question the advice. You don't write them off for this because once again, we're all in business. We need to make money. We need to find clients. And when I'm dispensing information and education, this podcast, yes, it's a massive give. And I promise you, if I was doing this podcast just for revenue or profit, then I promise you it's a terrible use of my time. But I do it because it rewards me in so many other ways. But of course, one of the reasons I'm sharing this information, I'm here doing this, is because there is an ROI attached to this, okay? You get to know me, you get to hear what I've got to say. Hopefully, one day you drop an email, you pick up the phone, whatever it is, you drop us a line, and then like people before you, you potentially become one of our members, and you benefit from being one of my clients, and we have that whole relationship. Of course, that is one of the objectives of this podcast. That's not the objective of this information that I'm sharing with you. At the end of this podcast, I will do my usual little pitch for my business. I'll give you 20 minutes of content and I'll do two, three minutes where I talk about what we're doing at Bigger Bite Boulder, what we're doing at our success groups, how it might serve you and help you and offer you a way to reach out and connect with us, okay? That's the pitch at the end. The content of this podcast is here to serve, is to educate you and it's to inform you. So you wouldn't want to write off this podcast because there's a degree of self-serving in this. Well, the biggest way it self-serves me is I feel good about helping you. So, you know, don't switch off from that. And don't switch off because I'm going to give my business a little plug at the end because that's the thing that validates the whole point of doing the damn thing in terms of a commercial sense. But is the information to you self-serving? No, it's not. I'm talking about sales. I'm talking about marketing. I'm talking about the things you need to 
think about, things you need to look at. I'm trying to help you be more motivated, happier. The whole of last week, we're talking about making you more positive and more happy so that you could be more fulfilled and you could go out and have more success, right? There's nothing self-serving in that. I put a little plug at the end for my business. The whole thing hopefully gets you to know me and maybe we have a relationship in terms of a business sense in the future. Is it self-serving? To a degree, should you write it off? Not at all, given what I've just shared with you. But other people will offer you advice. Let's say it's a Facebook ads person, and all they'll talk about is Facebook ads and how you have to have Facebook ads, and Facebook ads is the only thing you need to do in your business, or it's a prime thing you need to do in your business, and they may or may not be right, but they're definitely self-serving because they want you to do Facebook ads. Again, if you're a Facebook ads business, I'm not knocking you for this because you've got to run your business. I get it. As a consumer, however, we have to seriously think about do we listen to someone that only does Facebook ads about doing Facebook ads? Well, yeah, if you're going to educate yourself on what Facebook ads are and if you want to know more about it, yeah. Should you treat it a little bit with skepticism? Well, yeah. That doesn't mean you switch off, doesn't mean you don't buy from the person, but you just need to be mindful that it's self-serving advice and therefore you need to be careful about consuming that advice because they have a vested interest in you thinking in a certain way that potentially turns you into a client for them. That's okay. Why shouldn't they do that? Potentially they're in business. But as a consumer, you just need to be wary of this because you want to make sure that if Facebook ads isn't the right thing, well, you're not going to hear that probably from that person necessarily. So who do you tune into? Well, I would love it and I do love it when I hear someone that offers a product that talks about the product and not as some kind of spiel and not as some kind of sales tactic, but genuinely from their heart of hearts, tell you whether or not this is going to be the right thing for you or not. That's what I want. I always say, don't ever work with anyone that will work with anyone. You want that potential person to walk away from you if you're the wrong client for them or what they do isn't right for them. That's who you want. So don't ever feel bad. When someone says to you, I don't think I'm right for you, respect the hell out of that. Because if you're working with someone that will just work with anyone, then the chances are you may or may not be in the right place for you because you won't know. So again, I'm not saying you should necessarily totally disregard this information or advice. I'm just saying be wary of it because it's going to go through a filter because it's self-serving. This isn't the same as someone be evangelical. So if you've got a Facebook ads person that is so bought into Facebook ads and can see the massive benefit of businesses using Facebook ads as a mechanism for driving their business and they're evangelical about it and they're out there promoting and pushing and cheerleading it, then again, that's not bad advice, right? I mean, they're there. They really want to help business owners by sharing what they know. You just have to be a little bit, you know, switched on. Is it self-serving? Well, to a degree it will be, that's okay. Is it purely self-serving? Then no. In other words, do they have my best interests at heart? You're selling me Facebook ads, that's fine. You're educating me on Facebook ads, that's fine. You do Facebook ads, that's fine. You want to sell Facebook ads to me, that's all fine. Do you have my best interests at heart or not? If you do, great. If you don't, walk away. Or at least distance yourself. Does this make sense? They still might have something good to say. You might still want to learn from that person, but you are switched on and you are wise. And therefore, you're putting that sense checker in rather than just absorbing everything they're saying. You are seriously questioning whether or not this action that they want you to take is the right action for you or is it the right action for them? Does this make sense? 
Any sales process should absolutely, in my opinion, make it okay for both sides to realize this is not the right thing, not the right product, not the right relationship for them. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be aggressive with sales. Doesn't mean you should go for sales. For me, it's about being super aggressive on the sale that you know is the right sale for you and the right sale for your client. Not just being super aggressive to win all clients at any cost, regardless of whether it's good for them or not. Number five, well-intentioned nonsense. So there's some examples of this. This is, you know, this could just be your mate. It could be your mum. It could be the guy down the pub. Sometimes it can be, you know, someone in authority where what they're saying, you know, it's nonsense, right? It, it clearly, if you disseminate it and break it apart, is not good advice, but it's not to harm you. These aren't bad people. It's really well-intentioned advice. It's just not good advice. So again, there's loads of different things here, but for example, you know, just flippantly, the idea of, you know, if you build it, they will come. You know, I've talked about this. It's a great film, The Field of Dreams. It's a terrible business strategy. Just because you're good at what you're doing and just because you put a lot of energy and effort, just because you lay out your shop front, doesn't mean that people are going to come piling through the doors. It's evident, it's clear, it's obvious that the people with the most talent are not the ones that have the most success. It's the people that do the best with the talent that they have that create the most success. Music, film, you know, the most talented people are not the people at the top of the game. The most talented people in business and entrepreneurism are not the ones at the top of the biggest businesses. It just doesn't work like that. Should you be good at what you do? Of course you should be good at what you do. But fundamentally, that's not going to create you success. Even being amazing at what you do, of course it's going to help business, but that isn't going to create your overall business success. It's well-meaning, it's well-intentioned. Someone else saying to you, look, take it easy, back off a little bit, you know, don't push so hard. It's really well-meaning, but it could be terrible advice if your business is going under or there's an opportunity out there that you really want or really need right now. It's well-intentioned, but it's not good advice, okay? Um, anything like that. You know, you don't need to be successful. Look, you don't need to prove anything to anyone. All that. It's all really nicely intentioned stuff, right? But fundamentally, it might get in the way of you pushing yourself, driving yourself, creating the vision, the business, the life, you know, having the impact on the world that you want to have, okay? So just be mindful and wary of that stuff. And finally, number six, great advice at completely the wrong time. So this is really hard sometimes to actually break apart and see. You go to a seminar, there's a great guru out there dispensing incredible advice. They've got incredible experience. They clearly understand their subject matter. They can prove they understand it in their own life, in their own performance, but in all the people they've helped, all the businesses and et cetera, et cetera, the results they've got in the past. They clearly are giving you solid, solid sound advice, okay? But it might not be the right advice for you where you're at. So this category is really quite difficult because this is a case of not knowing what you don't know. So we fell into this trap hugely at the beginning of our business. We were doing 50K in turnover, me and my partner, Tracy, working all hours, right? All hours and growing our business from 50K. We did do it, right? But it was really slow. And the reason it was so slow is because we were getting some advice at the time and it was around marketing predominantly. And this marketing strategy was consuming. I mean, it was so much to it. It was, you know, just incredible what they want us to do. Videos on YouTube, blogging, social media platforms. Back then, by the way, we're talking about, what, 11, 12 years ago, there was only a handful of platforms. Now, like the platform, there's a hundred more platforms out there, you know, this podcasting thing, everything. So, you know, one of these categories would have been social media, one category. That would have included LinkedIn, Twitter, that would have included Facebook, 
Now it would have included, obviously, another 10 other platforms as well. A newsletter, a blog. I mean, it's incredible, just incredible. Now, we didn't know what we didn't know. It was credible advice from a credible person, and it was terrible advice for where we were at right now. Terrible. Partly because the person who was educating us also fell under the trap of number two, which is it was academic advice. It wasn't anything that actually done in their own life or their own business. It was passing on someone else's information. And therefore, they couldn't see the harm that that information would have on my business. They didn't have the whereabouts or the knowledge to see the negative impact of what they were saying, even though what they were saying was great stuff. I hope this makes sense. When you're reading a book, it can be really hard sometimes to see whether this is a strategy for where you're at now, a strategy for the past, or a strategy for the future. You see, when I read a book or I see someone on stage, I can see, I can, because you know, I've lived this whole thing. I live in it all day long. I've got clients from startup all the way through to 10 million pound plus. So I can see and hear where the information is targeted. So when I read a book, I can pick through this book and say, oh, that's a five-figure strategy. In other words, it's a, it's a strategy to get you started and get you rolling up to 10K plus. I can see something else they're saying and say, yeah, that's a six-figure strategy. That's something that's really useful for businesses doing 20, 30, 40, 50, 60K that want to get to 100K. And I can read something else and say, that's a million-pound strategy. This is stuff that if you're doing 100, 200, 300K, half a million, will get you to that million-pound plus. And I can read a book or listen to a speaker or a webinar or anything, and I can hear the information being dispensed. And I can hear when I'm listening to something that's, you know, five-figure, six-figure, seven-figure strategy, maybe even eight-figure strategy. The sad thing is, for most people, they can't because unless you're consumed in this world, unless you're surrounded by this information, you've experienced it yourself, it's very hard to know what you're listening to and therefore it's really solid advice. It's good shit. There's no question. The guy's credible. They're revered. Their books sell like crazy. They're top sellers on Amazon and who else? New York bestsellers. It's brilliant stuff. But if you're running a 50K business and you're listening to someone and trying to implement a million pound strategy, it's going to kill your business. And this is what happened to us, our own true story. We were running a 50K business. This marketing strategy is something that we've kind of probably more recently actually followed, right? It's not too dissimilar to what was suggested to us all those years ago. I'll give you a clue. This strategy right now costs us well over 50,000 pounds a year. At the time, we were delivering in our business, me and Tracy, probably, she was doing about 20 to 30 hours of delivery in the business. I was doing about 50, 60 hours of delivery. We were doing the stuff around marketing and everything else, the working on your business stuff. We were doing that in the hours that were left over from that. And of course, we didn't push this strategy forward. We didn't have the hours. And of course, now I realize we didn't have the money to do it. So the amount of money we have to spend to implement that strategy now, well over 50, maybe 60, 70K a year plus... I'm delivering way less hours. I might be delivering 10 hours a week on average, Tracy maybe five, six hours a week on average. We have so much more time in the business. We've also hired five members of staff, one of which purely works entirely on this process. So the amount of money we invest in this and the manpower to make that strategy work, it was a good strategy, but what a terrible strategy for a 50K business with just me and Tracy in it. So be really mindful of that. The question is, is this relevant to where I'm at right now? This is one of the reasons that when we run our events, we run our events in very narrow, specific bandwidths. So when I'm talking to under 100K businesses, you know, I have that, that, that webinar that I run. And the webinar is how to take your business from 20, 30, 40K to 100K plus. That's it. I don't talk about how to go to multiple hundreds or millions. I don't care about that. It's not how to launch a product. 
If you're already doing 20, 30, 40K, 50K, you've got a product, it's selling, you've got a business. Your needs are so specific to get you from that to get you to where you want to get to, which is just the 100K plus mark for now. Everything's tailored to that business. We also only open it up to service-based businesses. Sometimes product companies will come on that event because there's really good stuff in there as well. But I caveat what I'm saying by this is for small businesses under 100K that haven't got funding, they're one-man bands, maybe a couple in business, that kind of business, and they're service-based businesses because then the content that I deliver is completely specific to that audience, where they're at and where they want to get to. So important to me. When you do over 100K plus, we run different events for those business owners. So we introduce to our masterminds. We talk about what you need to be thinking about as a one, two, 300K business. If you're thinking towards growing your business to a million, this is what you need to be thinking about. This is what you need to have in place. And we run different events for those people because it's really important that they're listening to the stuff that's relevant to them and you're listening to the stuff that's relevant to you if you're doing 20, 30, 40K, 50K. Does this make sense? If you're doing 10 million, go and talk to someone else. I don't cover that market. I've got businesses in my mastermind doing 10 million pounds. We've homegrown many of our million pound businesses. In fact, I think right now, all the million pound businesses we have in success groups right now, we have homegrown them from 100K plus businesses. So we've got a longstanding relationship with them, but I do not pitch my tent and say, right, I am the expert on how to hit 10 million. That's not what I do. That's not what I'm an expert in. That's not what I feel comfortable sharing that advice. But if you're a multiple 100K business and you want to break that million pound, well, we've got a lot of track record in that. And we've got business owners in there that have smashed that number and can support you and help you on that journey as well. So it's really important to make sure that who you're listening to doesn't fall into one of these categories. And what you should be listening to are people that have your best interests at heart. It's okay that there's a degree of self-serving. They're in business. They have to make money. But they have your best interests at heart. And what they're saying is stuff that they truly have experienced themselves. They don't even necessarily have to have done it. I'm going to be there, full disclosure. My business has not broken a million pounds yet. That's our next goal for us. But we haven't broken a million pounds yet. But I've got a vast experience of working with million pound plus businesses. So I won't sit there and talk about as if this is what I did. What I'll share with you is the experiences that I've learned through going through that journey with other people. It's not my direct experience of my own business, but it's my direct experience that I've been involved in and therefore I have credibility in that field. So the person talking to you doesn't have to be that. You know, your fitness trainer, your personal trainer, if you want, you know, if you want to get down to 10% body fat, your personal trainer doesn't have to have 10% body fat. It has to be the best person or she has to be the best person to get you the result that you want. But if they're, all they're doing is repeating something they've learned in a book, or you can tell that's terrible advice. But if they've got a track record of getting multiple people to below 10% body fat, then of course they're a great bloody coach. If they know what they're talking about, they've disseminated what they are, they're not spouting all these cliches, they have your best interests at heart, it's relevant to where you are right now, that's a great person to listen to. So don't judge someone to coach you on your waistline just because they don't have the waistline that you want. In fact, one of the biggest mistakes we can make is we follow the gurus that have what we want to have. And it's that whole story, which is, I did this, I created that, I was where you are, now I'm in here, let me show you how I did it. That's one of the big alarm bells. I tell you, I tell you, you, want, to, you want to keep away from that. Someone sits there and says, here I am, and this is what I've learned, and blah, 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 fine. Here I am now. And this, but someone that goes into so much in-depth, like, 
just constantly talking about their journey, their success, their wealth, you know, on social media, their cars, their house, their money, do they potentially fall into the fourth category here, which is, is it self-serving advice? Almost fucking definitely, but away. Being a bit uber critical here, aren't I, right? But here you go. Make sure you listen to the right people at the right time in your business. Make sure it's the right information. It's well-intentioned. It's well-meaning. And it's relevant to where you are right now. If you are more discerning about the information you consume, you will be more successful. It's as simple as that. And on that note, this is my little pitch at the end of the podcast. You always know when I go into my own little pitch because the music kicks off. It starts up. We're going into the conclusion of this episode. We round up maybe a little bit of what we've talked about. And then I share with you how you can reach out to us and connect to us. Okay. Total transparency. It's never hidden. Okay. It's here. And on that note, we were just talking about if you are a business owner, and you want to take your business to the next level, we do have groups of individuals that are exactly where you are right now. So we've got a whole group of people right now doing 20, 30, 40, 50K, 60K, some of them that want to break that 100K mark. And we've got groups of these business owners that are on that journey. If you're already breaking 100K in turnover, maybe even two, three, four, 500,000 in turnover, and you want to take yourself to the next level, you want to scale that business, then again, we've got masterminds and groups available for you right now with people that are doing it and people that have already done it. We offer something very unique. We offer something very honest, very authentic across success groups and bigger, brighter, bolder. We only exist because we create the environment, the experience, and the success that our business owners need to achieve. We have a retention-based model. What that means is, is that we are out there outreaching, we're doing sales and we do marketing and we're constantly bringing in new members, but our model is not dependent on new members. Our model only works if we retain current members. What that means is, is that we only succeed in our business if we pass that success on to our members. In other words, our members have to get what they want out of the group. They have to get the success they want out of the group in order to stay in the group because no one's going to stay if they're not getting what they need. And therefore, it's absolutely imperative for us that we give them what they need. We give them the result that we promised them. I love it. It keeps us honest. It keeps us authentic. If you want to find out a little bit more about what we're doing for business owners just like you, then please do go and check us out at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk and check out our success groups. If you want to have a chat or just reach out to us direct, then please do contact Tracy Miller, my partner in life and in business. You can reach her at Tracy with an E dot Miller at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. We actually have some events coming up specifically designed for those business owners that want to break 100K. So you can go and find out more about that either by reaching out to Tracy Direct or going to the website and you can see the events we have coming up. They're longer events with Q&As. They take you through the mindset, the business model and the business methodologies that you need as a 20, 30, 40K, 50K business in order to break that 100K. Likewise, we have introduction sessions coming up specifically for those businesses over 100K that want to scale their business. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to meet you at some point. We'd love to have you in the warm embrace of success groups at some point in the future. But either way, my commitment to you is always the same on this podcast is to give you the best information, the best education I possibly can for where you're at right now so that you can create the success that you want to create. I'll see you next time. And until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. 
when what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. 